So who is flying Delta and not flying American Airlines? One warns, the other beats. We got to figure that out today. More importantly, what's going on in the market here? All the stocks are green and the spoos are flat. We're going to figure that out. We're going to talk to Mark Chaikin. We got PPI, hot or not. Did you buy the dip yesterday? This is pre-market prep on a Thursday. Let's get going. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, let's think, get things going right away here, folks. S&Ps are slipping, but the stocks aren't. We're down three quarters of a point at 18 and a quarter. The buck under the recent low of the move, down 17 cents. It's called 101. Bonds down a few ticks, 132. Crude slightly in the red, 14 cents at 83.12. Gold strong up 17.70 near the high of the move, 20.42.70. Silver Trying to sneak into that 26 handle up 25.7 cents at 25.715. And Bitcoin futures are up $430 at 30,355. Uh, folks, you just missed a great moment in the show right before we came on. We're going to bring on Triple D here. And the Triple D, where are you arbitrageurs? What is going on out They're there? They're all asleep today, I'll tell you, because I have no idea how the futures are red right now. Because I'm looking and I keep it separate. And again, 90% of your high frequency traders don't do pre-market arbitrage because they can't do all 500 and they're fussy. I mean, but, you know, there is, you know, I do some of it. There's a lot of, you know, there is some system still running, doing some of it there. Like futures to the S&P is always being arbitraged, but I mean taking the actual stocks because some of the stocks are too wide and they're just not open. So you're always trying to get like a ballpark. But I can ballpark it just by looking at my screen. I bet you I've got 90% of the S&P trading higher right now, yet the S&P futures just ticked red. So one of two things has to happen. Some of these stocks have got to start falling significantly here, or the S&P futures are not going to continue to go down. So we've leaked away all the gains overnight here. I think we start to rally back either, or the stocks come in, because it's not going to be this way at 931, I'll tell you that. Okay, bring in Money Mitch. Money Mitch, we got our guest right at 8.15, so we got to get rolling along with mm -hmm. uh, uh, some earnings, perhaps. AAL warns yesterday, and that got hit. They absolutely destroyed UAL off it, and Delta beats. Uh, what did Delta have to say? No recession? I don't even think Delta beat. I think Delta missed. That's the best part. They didn't even beat. Delta Airlines missed. Q1 adjusted EPS. Uh, 25 cents misses the 30 cent estimate. Sales of 11.8 billion misses the 11.98 billion estimate. But it was the guidance forward okay. that looked really great here. They reiterated fiscal year outlook EPS of $5 to $6 versus a $5 and 39 cent estimate and an operating margin of 10 to 12 percent free cash flow of more than $2 billion. And then for the second quarter of 23, they expect revenue growth of 15% to 17% and an EPS of $2 to $2.25 versus a $1.65 estimate. Pretty good outlook, at least going forward decent for outlook. the following quarter. And then decent for the overall year. I would say better for the second quarter than overall year, but still looking good. I mean, this is a market where how much bad news is priced. And obviously, American Airlines, I thought they might buy that dip yesterday. They did not. And they decided they weren't buying any dips yesterday. <laughs> I was looking. I was looking, everything. Dennis. I was a looking. <laughs> they, they started selling everything. Yeah, so they sell, sold so bad call by me that American Airlines, I thought the dip would get bought. It did not. I mean, a Delta here, maybe the American Airlines set the bar so low that they were able to get over that as well. And like you said, the guidance was fine. The stock is slipping from its pre-market gains already. So it was up a little bit more here earlier this morning. It's starting to slip here already. So I, it, it's tough to trade these things on earnings because, and we're going to come into earnings on so many stocks that are coming up too. That's why I'll, I'll tell you, this has been a really tough month to figure out. 
Um, you know, you've got movement. You got yesterday. The Bulls got everything they needed, and they pulled the rug out from under it. Obviously, the Fed minutes. A lot, a lot to take in there, but it's been a tough month to try to figure out. All right, uh, let's just look. You see the dip. Uh, they took it down to thirty-three twenty, right? The initial reaction. Uh, oh boy, if you were looking at yesterday's low at thirty-three fourteen, well, you would have got nothing done because uh, the pre-market low. Oh wait, what is that pre-market low? Right there, thirty-three fourteen is the pre-market low, and the low from yesterday is thirty-three fourteen. Holy mackerel! Now you got a nice bounce, but you know what? I'd be a little worried about getting until we get over 35 bucks, right? You had the nice four day rally. You stalled at 35. Your two day high is 34.78. So, right there, there's the onus on the bulls. Get this thing over 35 bucks. You got a nice move. I just think people got hit yesterday and they're going to be selling into this rally a little bit. That's uh, that's the early indication. Let's get the pre market chart up here. And did you see what they did to UAL? I absolutely destroyed that thing yesterday. That got hit worse than uh than worse than Americans. So they hit I'll... a lot of stuff yesterday, and it was sneaky sell off early. We rallied a little bit, and then the Fed minutes happened, and they just decided they're selling everything. So <laughs> it was a take your money and run market yesterday. There again, chop is just you know the way to play it. Contrarian, not chasing moves. I mean, now you're getting to a point. Do we get a pullback? I'd love us to get back to S and P four. 4,000 right on 400 spy and i think i would deploy a little bit of that 65 percent cash i think i would pick a few stocks maybe i would even buy you know maybe i'd even buy you know something you know index or something but i think that we could pull back a little bit further but i still think the buy the dip mentality will be in here unless we get another bank ferry that's always a wild card all right let's go to Sareta therapeutics our disaster stock of the day of course this is coming after a report that reviewers at the food and drug administration were leaning towards rejecting the gene therapy fda individuals on record saying that peter marks a top fda official intervened and directed the staff to schedule a public hearing on the therapy so you guys are seeing definitely disaster stock of the day what do you guys think about this therapeutic stock? Headline stock. I'll just say Sarepta is a headline stock. And the headlines are sometimes random. There's sometimes movement. But look at what we've even done in the last five weeks of trading. We've gapped up on a headline. We gapped down huge on a headline. We ran up and filled the gap. And now we gapped down again on a headline. So literally three headlines in five weeks. This stock, you don't know what the next headline is going to be. So to try to take to this technically, forget about it. It's yeah. not about technicals here. Although the gap fill was nice. It's, you know, just too much overnight risk, I mean, on the headlines. And I don't know when, you know, they're getting something approved or they're getting this. I don't, I don't follow the story closely enough to know why all these headlines are happening. But, you know, when you have random headlines, just a lot of risk. I tend to avoid those stocks, the ones with those, the random headlines. And Sarepta is the random headline stock. Yeah, I'm not. The technicals are tough. I'll just tell you, we bounced off the pre-market low. So I buy ten dollars. So it looks like a little bit of an overreaction there. Uh, one eleven, and then the high off the rebound has been one twenty-four. So those are the only relevant numbers. Triple D, excellent call there. The S and P's did go red momentarily. They are back green by sanity that it went red. Yeah. I wish I would. I bought a little bit down there. I wish I would have just loaded up. Um, but again, we're only up three points from where we just were. It's not a big move. The stocks yeah. and the, the stocks and the and, and again the SPY just sometimes disconnect for a little bit. It reconnects at nine thirty one. It all reconnects because then you have the full high eight, high frequency trading arbitrage running. That's why there's a little bit of opportunity for the human beings to play around and figure it out. You know, ahead of time. And when you're looking at your screen, you're seeing ninety percent green. You see the SPY flat. Sometimes just idea to sell a few stocks and buy the spy and try to grab that difference. So we've bounced up a little bit here. But right. actually, when you look at today, you think it's a nothing day. I see a lot of strength. I see a lot of bouncing from yesterday. All right, let's keep it moving. Let's go to Fastenal here. Q1 EPS, 52 cents beat the 50 cent estimate. Sales of 1.86 billion in line. I never trade fast, so I'll kick it to you guys. What do you guys think? I, I took it short into the report. Um, oh, so I look at it. this The reason guy. I did that was somebody was paying up a buck and a half last night. I'm like, you can give me yeah, a buck what, and a half, leave. Which <laughs> algo was that? 
Somebody's trying to buck and it's the just give me a lead. You're giving me a dollar and a half lead into the report. I'm like, I'm gonna say that if it beats bad, I'm gonna lose. But you know, if it comes, you know, and obviously just beats a little bit, I'm not even sure it goes up to 54. If it, you know, misses, it's going down. So they just give you an edge like that. I took it. So I've actually covered it already. I got covered mid 51. So I took um two and a half bucks off of it. I'll take it. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you're. I think you're over fifty percent on on those when you get it big enough. They're, they're hit. Sometimes you get really rocked, you know. And you never go, you never go full size when you're doing something like that. Although I, I, I was yeah. close to a full size position on it. I've, I, I'm comfortable with the stock like fast and all. I, it's not the stock that usually gaps up ten bucks on you. So I'm like, somebody's paying up a buck and a half. I'm like, I feel like they're giving up all the edge. Maybe you know somebody thought they knew something. Maybe some somebody thought that hey, you know, some of these home builder stocks done really well. Fastenal's probably going to do really well too, and they wanted to buy it last night, but it was trading up all night. So it was trading 53s, 53 and a half, it, and then yeah. it was even trading to the end of 54. And I'm like, I hope I don't get rocked on this, but <laughs> I'm like, it's a nice little lead. I don't always do that. Just if the, I I like to do it on the stocks that don't have a huge beta, you know, like you do that on like uh, you know like, like you know like a Tesla or something ahead of the report, you're asking to get run over. So, but some of these stocks have lower betas. Sometimes there's an opportunity. To get into these trades, you know, where somebody wants in or out for whatever reason. And sometimes they, and sometimes I think they know something, you know, and maybe they do. And sometimes they gap and then they go and then you're on the wrong side of it. It's high risk, high reward. I know we got a whole different array of listeners here on this show, but uh, if we use a term, I mean, beta is a pretty common term if you listen yeah. to all the mumbo jumbo that we have. But the different betas, you know, like your AMD or something, would you do that with an AMD, Dennis, or an NVIDIA? Um, Depends, probably right? not. It would have to give me a lot more. It right, would have to give bucks. me. It would have to give me a huge move. You know what it is? Like, go to your options. Look at your expected move. And when they're buying them up half the expected move ahead of the report, or selling them off half the expected move ahead of the report, then you know maybe you take that shot. And it's not like you know it's it was some volume, Joel. Fast. I kept trading up there. So sometimes there's like you know sometimes it's like a hundred shares goes off and you can't do anything about that but sometimes just like bid up there and it keeps bidding i was like you know what maybe this person knows something maybe they don't you know and you're just taking a chance that they don't know something and there is insider trading out there there is people who obviously somehow get these reports ahead of time and then trade and i will lose money to that person every single time but i think a lot of times it's just people guessing options jockeying maybe nervous to take it through a report maybe they were sure they didn't want to take it through the report we don't know the reason but all i know is there was some buyers in it last night ahead of the report and those buyers were wrong my final technical comment 50 bucks i mean that was the february low big move 50 to 55 bulls have to defend 50 and you have bounced a buck off that uh in the pre-market action uh if you want to target on the upside if you're buying the dip here the bottom of yesterday's range is 5248 all right, let's go to some Chinese names now. I'm going to mention two headlines with this one. What I'm going to first mention is the Alibaba headline that's out there right now. The Financial Times analyzed regulatory filings and learned that SoftBank sold roughly $7.2 billion worth of the shares of the Chinese e-commerce giants via prepaid forward contracts. At one point, SoftBank owned nearly 25% stake in Alibaba. Now they only maintain a 3.8% stake. It was getting hit in the pre-market. I think it was also due to the fact that uh, several Chinese companies were also trading lower amid weakness in Chinese tech after Chinese regulators proposed rules to oversee AI technology. Um, interesting that you know this is actually trading up now on yeah, SoftBank that, that, potential that was- sale coming in. So, I mean, all China rallied here overnight. I traded this multiple times last night um, on the initial headline. I bought it a little bit too early. I thought it might bounce. And then I tried to buy more um, in the low 90s, and I just didn't want to pay the spread, and I didn't want to pay up 25-cent spread, and I was trying to get done on the bid, and then they just started buying it up. Then it went up, and I sold it last night before this because it, it got back up to, like, the higher 92s, and I felt that was I, – I felt it was overdone. It was down $4 on it. I just felt it was, like, a little bit overdone. You know, yeah, SoftBank's dumping, but it just felt overdone. Um, now, I did not foresee it going green on this though so this, this is a new one for me i did not foresee it going green here but again maybe it's all china rallying here today today it is lagging the overall fxi a little bit here probably the soft bank holding it down a little bit so i think overnight just china rally 
Yeah, it's interesting to see it back up there. I agree with you, Dennis. I didn't. I was surprised. I, I like clicked on Baba immediately. I was expecting to see what I saw in the after hours, not what I see right now in the pre-market where it is holding a little bit higher here. All right, let's go to our guest today. Let's get to the action. Mark Chaikin of Chaikin Analytics is going to be joining us here. Let's get to Mark right away before the PPI number. All right, Mark. Let's see Mark Chaikin of Chaikin Analytics. Mark, how you doing today? Good morning. Okay. So we always have our little one-line emails, right? And I said <laughs> the, the price action yesterday. I did not – it was a great price action off a good number. And you just like – you just said, you weak little bull there. You are still bullish short-term, long-term, forever-term, Mark. What's going to shake you out of that? Uh, the market's going to tell me, but I, I do think we could have a bit of a pullback. But they, they, there's an underlying bid in the market. There and is. Yeah. You see it every day uh, when you get these waves that are triggered by gamma, whatever, or um, <clears throat> some number or some word that triggers the algos. They, they come back. There's an underlying bid. So, uh, you know, I'm not roaring bull telling you to buy breakouts. I want to buy dips. I think I'm on the same page as you, Mark. Sometimes we're on the opposite. I think right now I'm on the same page as you. I mean, we've chopped around a lot and has paid to fade moves. When we rip up, you know, 120 S&P points, it, fades, it pays to take profits. When we pull back 50, 60 points, it, it pays to rebuy the dip. And, I mean, we've just been in this choppy environment. But you can feel it. You can feel that investors, traders, even myself are underinvested here at this point in time. You can feel like it seems like every time we get a little bit of dip on even some of these major names, it does get bought back. And unless we get like a major bank failure or some other headline drops that we just don't foresee happening, a tape bomb, um, I think the same thing. I think you've got to be a buyer of dips here. Yeah, the question is what areas of the market are you focusing on? And I, I sort of have a barbell approach here in my head. I haven't implemented the, the toxic part of the barbell, but I think some of the regional banks and the natural gas stocks are in a position where they could have significant rallies. Now, having said that, they, tip, they all have bearish ratings in the power gauge. So I'm just anticipating and thinking where the, the next wave of, of a bull move might come. And Natural gas was down at levels that nobody quite understands. You know, you can blame it on a warm winter in Europe, but we have to use natural gas, particularly if we're not going to commit to nuclear. I mean, that's now, the only way to solve our energy problems. Uh, EVs are not going to do it, even though the Biden administration is determined to uh, impose their will on the EV market, but I, I think natural gas long-term is a very, very fine investment, but it, I'm a little early, but where I do see continuing strength is in the names we started talking about two weeks ago, the old fallen angels like mm -hmm. Pinterest and Zoom and uh, DocuSign. Uh, but to that, I'll add Intel. Look at the chart of Intel. It's just quietly forming a wonderful um, sort of saucer bottom and breaking out a bit. I love that stock. It's been an incredible move for Intel. Um, I'm still long at full disclosure. I bought it way too early. It's kind of come back to where I was in it. Um, I've written some covered calls on it now too. But I mean, this has been a pretty impressive move here for Intel. They had it for dead. And, and that was a bad quarter. You know, when it reported earnings, I think it was like six or seven weeks ago. It was not a good quarter at all. But you know what? I think maybe it's like the bathwater quarter because they turned around and they just started buying it after that quarter and they haven't stopped buying it. So why do you think all of a sudden the love for Intel? I think the whole semiconductor group is pulling Intel up, but I think you may have put your finger on it. I don't think it can get any worse. And they do have some serious manufacturing capacity. They just have to get the right product mix to compete with AMD and NVIDIA. Uh, the power gauge has been bullish. That's, that's pretty much what I need to know. Uh, when I see the technicals confirm, then I want to be there on dips. 
All right. I did uh, kind of catch those growth names. You were talking about them last week, Mark. Do you still feel like the growth names have potential to run here? I do. The only one that's really had a bigger move is Pinterest because a couple of analysts recommendations, one from Raymond James, and you do have Elliott Management in there uh, in a friendly way now with a seat on the board. So uh, I think the others have just sort of based out like Zoom and DocuSign, but I think there's still some serious potential in those stocks. Uh, here's one that may satisfy the craving for AI and generative AI. And I think it's a really interesting story. It's Shutterstock, SSTK. Mm, Shutterstock. It's been around a long time. It's, it's, if you're legit in the business, you're probably buying photos from either Shutterstock or Getty. Mm -hmm. But they are in some partnerships to use the AI engine to enable people to create stock photo, create photographs out of computer code. Mm. It's the early stages. I don't know what it's going to do to earnings, but the earnings are going to be around four bucks this year, up 10% with a bullish yeah. power gauge rating. It's just had a nice pullback. It ran up with the AI craze. So I don't, any thoughts on that? I, I like the 70 level here. It's just the last few days starting around, starting to look higher. I kind of like the chart, um, you know, and I don't follow the company closely. So I'll just talk to technicals. I mean, I think as long as you're above 70 here, I think bulls are in control. And if you could get above that 75, then it starts to open up a little bit here. So I kind of like the chart. Yeah, and they've been around a long time. They've got the earnings. I think their partnership is with Microsoft. on, And, you know, they're going to be paying for this. It's going to be all above board. And I've seen some of the photos uh, in a research report. You just type in some words, and it creates a true-to-life photo, which I, if is you, a lot if you... safer than, you know, <laughs> what they're doing with, with words where you don't know what the conclusion is going to be. If you look on our coffee table in our uh, living room, we probably have a dozen books made from Shutterstock where they, or is that Shutterfly? That's Shutterfly. Is it the same? Is it owned by no, that company? No, Shutterstock is, I don't know if it is. I doubt it. Shutterstock is, Stock photos, you know, a huge oh, stock photos, okay, billion, billions and billions of them. But now they're partnering, I believe it's with Microsoft, to enable consumers to create custom photographs using the generative AI software. So it's a it's a practical, real world application. And, okay, you know, you don't end up with um, with a bird with one wing. You end up with exactly what you want. And yeah, that's so, the that's the true hard part, right, of, of doing this job, right, is that there is some out there that you'll go and you'll put in like what you're trying to get and it's completely off. It's a horrible image, something that you would never use. You're just like, yeah, I'm kicking this to the side. But yeah, they can do it to the top ability and do great images. I remember uh, I, I've done one with AI just to joke around on Jerome Powell. I call him the big bad wolf. You guys can see it on the screen now. Awesome. Uh, this is AI generated. All you, all I put was big bad wolf Jerome Powell. And there you go. You get a big bad wolf Jerome Powell. And, and, and this is the future that we're going to be able to do things like this, right? I mean, yep. you can't do that image and draw it, right? I mean, it'd be pretty difficult. No, and this is all, and I think it's all going to be reasonably priced. So that's a stock to watch. I don't think you have to run out and buy it. But again, we're having a bit of a dip. And I would definitely be looking at that, uh, especially. I'm writing it on my list. With, with what, Mark, what's the symbol list? again? I messed it up. SSTK. 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 Shutterfly was taken uh, private by Apollo in 2019. And, and it used to be SFLY. That's why I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I stand. I got the shutter in there. Mark, uh, before we let you go, uh, when you say the, the power gauge turns, does it have to be one day, two days, three days? Because, you know, can it like flip on you back and forth or do you look at that on a longer term basis? It hasn't really been flipping in the names we've been talking about. Good. Okay. Uh, Alibaba has been either bullish or neutral for a year. When it dipped below its long-term trend line, you know, the model automatically forces it to neutral plus. But Alibaba has been in, in a positive power gauge mode for the better part of, of 12 months. 
I okay. mean, SoftBank is out now. Alibaba is interesting. We're just uh, we're going to go and just I want to get your final thoughts on Alibaba here. Is it still positive right now on Alibaba? Yes. Okay. Well, hold on. Let me just. I'm check. kind of interested in the Alibaba pullback. Let me just check. Yep, it's bullish right now. Let's see. It's been bullish for a month. Um, in that period, in late February to mid March, it, it turned neutral, but. It's bullish, and that, that to me says buy this pullback. It's bullish, and you're sticking to it. You're bullish to market, hoping for a little bit of a pullback. Mark Chaikin of Chaikin Analytics joining the show every two weeks to give us his thoughts on the market, fundamentally and technically. Great seeing you as always, Mark. We'll talk to you in a few weeks. Yep. Be well, folks. Looking Be well, Mark. Have it. a good one. Thanks, Mark. All right, let's get back to the market and actually get to our outlook here. Numbers are coming in soon, team. We got about five minutes and uh -huh. it's a lot. So let's just go through some of this. Of course, we also, we're going to get PPI here. This is the more important number, but we get jobless claims also. That's something to keep an eye out for too. So let's talk about uh, PPI. Year over year outlook here is 3.1 estimate. Prior was 4.6. So expected to come down about 1.5 here. And then the month over month outlook, the prior was a negative 0.1, expected to come to 0.1 now. Of course, uh, we could also take a look at core PPI year over year. That was prior at 4.4. Expectation now is 3.3. And then when we look at initial jobless claims, the expectation is 205,000. Prior was 228,000. So let's see if by any means we can actually get above that estimate of 205,000 continue to show that we're starting to see a little bit of a turn in the labor market. And of course, watch out for that PPI. Well, one thing to think about is CPI was a pretty good number yesterday. And then the Fed minutes is really what did us in on the market. You'll wonder if PPI isn't okay too. So, you know, you get the, the rip off the CPI, Fed minutes knock us back down. Is there the potential for this number to be light as well? I mean, there is definitely, I, I would say so. Um, and does and the I market rip on it or does it one do of the, the things, same rip? One of the things, drop? Dennis, of course, people look at PPI as more a uh, leading number than a lagging number. So they're definitely going to be looking at this number to kind of determine their outlook overall on inflation, right? CPI is, everyone says it's lagging. They say PPI is more kind of a leading indicator. So something definitely to watch. Joel, you're on mute. I'm sorry about that. I was going to try to tell you, but. Uh, oh, they're drinking a cup of coffee. Uh, the technical setup here is kind of interesting because they defended. I don't have the daily up here, but I could give you the daily numbers. We all know about this 4100 and uh, the 406 and the spy, right? Yeah. That's a triple bottom. Uh, but they've layered basically a double bottom on top of the triple bottom because overnight we took out the low at 1350 and we only went to 10 and a quarter and we got a nice bounce. So, I mean, you got, I mean, you can't get all crazy here if you take out that, you know, the, the low because maybe you get, to, if you're looking for 10 handles on the trade, if they really want to punish this market, they got to get it under 4100 with a sustained offer on the upside. It just the way all the numbers with the closes and the, my daily and weekly numbers, a few points above the pre-market high, uh, 3650 would be like that trap door, like yesterday. Like, you know, we just, we never went down. That is like, you know, you put, if you had any low bids out there, there was like a little down tick and then we ripped. So if we get through, let's call it uh, 4136, 50 then look out man look out on the upside we can get up into the upper part of yesterday's range we got the great resistance on the upside we had the, the six day high at 71.75 and then in globex yesterday we got to 77.75 just call that whole area 41.75 so we'll see if see if we stay in the range mitch how close are we are to the numbers all right, we've got seconds. just about, yeah, 30 seconds here. Nice so. rally. And again, you know, we have six points from where we were at 8 o'clock straight up. That just got stupid when the market. And again, sometimes you just got to eyeball it. And I'm like, this market should not be flat right now. Things are going to change here in 30 seconds. So I'm uh, going wide. I'm back to neutral. That's it. I'm going to leave you for a couple minutes. Hopefully I'll be back.
All right. We'll <laughs> see what happens here. We'll see if we actually get some action. Will we get the move? Let's find out. Yesterday's pop. Definitely got to give Joel the credit there. Nice call, Joel, with the top action in the pre-market. Let's see what Joel got up to see today. I, yeah, I don't know. Well, <laughs> light, 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 light. Uh, we just went yeah, to 37. going a little wide here. 37.75. So the initial surge took it where we're supposed to. I don't know if the numbers are out yet, but we got initial pop. So it's okay. I just, I wish we would have kept All going right. there. What do you got for PPI, me, Mitch? Final de demand declined 0.5 in March. Goods fall 1.0. Services decrease 0.3. When we look at month over month, we were expected at 0.1. We came in at a negative 0.5% here. Core PPI month over month for March at a negative 0.1 versus a 0.3 expected. Prior was zero there. So definitely coming down on the core PPI, coming down on PP, uh, PPI month over month. Still looking at the year over year reading, but I got initial jobless claims here at 239,000 versus 232 uh, prior 228,000. So there you guys see it, at least initial jobless claims showing a little bit of a spike, showing that little bit of a turn in the labor market. Year-over-year year PPI at 2.7% versus a 3% estimate. So definitely coming down. That's seeming like the market's looking like it's a good outlook here on the first reaction. Yeah, I mean, uh, the market uh, is getting what they wanted so far. Uh, we get the initial pop. They jam the stops. If you had a buy stop in there, you're long at 37.75. There was nothing in there. Uh, the jobless claims, it, 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 it kind of feels like they're, I, I'm not going to make the same call that I did yesterday, but it still feels a little bit thick on the upside here. And I think the re, if there's a reason for it, well, of course, we could just keep ripping. I think the reason for it is we got a big day tomorrow, Mitch. We got all those banks coming up and, you know, maybe people are like squaring off, like you still had a nice rally. Mm -hmm. uh, there still seems to be the, like the bid that uh, Mark and uh, uh, Dennis mentioned. There's still a bid underneath the market. Um, let's see if we get to that pre-market high, 37.75. Uh, the intraday high from yesterday, and I actually left that off my sheet. Shame on me. Uh, if you want a nice juicy upside target, uh, that would be 4161 was the inner day high. Uh, but right now it's a battle of 4130 area. Uh, the initial pop is being sold here a little bit uh, in the stocks. What are we seeing? We're still seeing some more green in the stocks. Apple was a great indicator yesterday. As remember, I'm like, man, this thing's nowhere near the high in the move. Um, and as it turned out, it turned out to be a good indicator. Let's see what Apple did. The biggest component in the S&P that got a spike to to 161.50. Let me adjust my charts here. Just give me a second, folks. Uh, how does that trade in relation to yesterday's range? Now, nowhere near that 162.06. So. I think it's like some good numbers, Mitch. I think there's a little sigh of relief, mm -hmm. uh, but I still don't think that uh, the street is 100% convinced that uh, we got inflation whooped. Uh, what's your take on that? Yeah, I, I would say that's that's true there. I think one of the things is exactly what you're thinking, right, is the banks, right? I think that that's going to be the focus for a lot of people today. And so that's why I've been keeping a close eye on like a Goldman Sachs and these banks, right? Um, one thing that I've talked about on Goldman Sachs that I've seen happen repetitively, multiple times I've seen this pattern, is that they buy it into the earnings. And of course, Goldman Sachs reports early next week. But at the same time, I always look for the early reaction in Goldman in the banks to show okay. me a little bit of how they're looking at it. Are they trying to run it into the earnings or is it already fading into the earnings? That's something that I don't expect. So you've seen Goldman kind of get already a little uplift. I saw yesterday they bought that dip, man. It pulled back strong towards like 328. And all of a sudden, by the end of the day, it was back to 332. You know what I like to look at, um, you know, for the banks and just because it's just uh, it's not a super exciting or stock, you know, uh, stock. But uh, Bank America, because of the liquidity in it, mm -hmm. um, you know, and like to me, like, I'd be licking my chops if this thing gets over 29, right? But right now, 
resistance is resistance and you have to respect that 29 it's been in a recent downtrend uh so that's that's what i kind of use in my indicator yeah. the jp morgan's been the reason i like to keep an eye on jp morgan is because it's one of the top components of the s p that's been kind of blah lately that's forming a wall and resistance at the 130 and a half area so there's been some rallies just not much triple d you're back already we're very disappointed um, there's actually a pretty good <laughs> pop off of it, but you know what? These numbers are good, man. Like the I bulls know. have like, are, are getting all the information they need. Obviously disappointed that the rally didn't hold yesterday. So then you're skeptical. Is this one going to hold too? Yeah. Um, but you know, we don't have the fed minutes, so that's something to consider. Um, it, and one, we what I think the this points to is the trend, right? The trend is inflation's going away. It might not be as fast as everybody wants it to. But it is on a trend down. I think we could clearly say that, right? Yeah. I mean, it's what we said yesterday after the CPI data. I feel like this is a repeat of the show. I mean, every information that you wanted as a bull, you're getting right now. Yeah. You know, you're beating inflation. You're not seeing any, obviously, you know, more bank failures. Geopolitical risk, you know, is down or it's at least quiet over there. I mean, everything you want from a bullish perspective is there. Yet we still didn't rally on it yesterday. So... I hope not all this good news is already baked in. This is my concern for the bullish thesis now because it's trying, like, I, I follow the fundamental flow and the macro flow and the news flow, and that's what's swinging me a little bit to the bullish side. But I don't know. Maybe, like, if it's not rallying on this, I would have thought you'd be up way more on this. Just like yesterday, I would have thought you'd be up way more, but we couldn't hold. So I'm kind of skeptical now. <laughs> okay. That's what a market is. Uh, just, uh, you know, putting together what both of you guys are saying. Uh, if you guys didn't catch my interview yesterday on the closing print, we had one of our old trading buddies on, uh, Rob McLister. Uh, he is a uh, Canadian housing and mortgage expert, follows everything really closely. And what he's seeing is he's seeing the slowdown already. Um, he's seeing, you know, the numbers, the unemployment numbers, and he is being very patient, uh, and waiting for the fed pivot. And he doesn't think it's here yet. He think you know, he can't predict the inflation numbers and whatnot, or exactly what the market's going to do, but he just, it's coming. It may come this year, may come July, may come later in the year. But when you look at these numbers, are we slowing down? Are we going into a recession? Are we going to need interest rates to start come down to give this market another leg higher? Uh, so, Well, that's um, the question. I mean, this is what, you know, if we're bringing in inflation down, is it because we're slowing down? So now I think this is why, you know, looking at it from the silver lining from the bearish perspective is that, hey. Yeah, inflation's coming down. The market isn't rallying on these last couple data points. Is it nervous about, you know, potential earnings season? Is it nervous it, that yeah. we're coming yep. down? I mean, yeah. it's hard to have your cake and eat it too. This is why I've been, you know, with 65% <laughs> cash, because I've been of the opinion that, hey, even if inflation starts to come in, the only reason it's going to come in is because they tailspin us into a recession. So, it, I, I, but, you know, we've rallied on this. So now we look and the, the data you want is coming in. We haven't really had any bad earnings really yet. Maybe the bad earnings are coming. Maybe the Fed was telling us something, right? We saw the minutes yesterday um, quoted in the minutes, given their assessment of the potential economic effects of the recent banking sector development, the staff projection at the time of the March meeting included a mild recession starting later this year with the recovery over the uh, next two years. I think this is really interesting because now they're pretty much expecting lending to tighten and credit conditions to deteriorate. Yet the market is showing really positive move here. So which one's going to be right? Is it going to be recession or are we just going to continue climbing this wall of worry? I like Eric Rock's uh, comment here. Uh, inflation gone, crude at like basically the high for the year. Once again, you talk about the uh, the lagging, you know, the indicators of these numbers. I mean, you look what crude did. If they took this reading in the middle of March, boom. Yeah. Now you're here. You can look at sugar and some of the other commodities. Uh, but if you guys want an, oh, we're, hey, watch out there, Dennis. We, uh, we're taking another leg lower here. I don't know if someone, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Mean, it's the same um, thing. We are having trouble holding gains here. Yeah. Somewhat concerning. Yep. yep. Uh, what I was going to say was if you want an update on the inflation picture, 
from our chief economist at the CME uh, tomorrow on the closing print at 3.40 p.m. I got my boy Blue coming on. And, my boy uh, Blue. Yeah. My boy Blue. And, Yep, he's going to come on, so catch that. I'll tweet it out if you guys want to join. We had a a great discussion yesterday. S&P stopped where it's supposed to, Dennis. I mentioned 36.50, and uh, you only got one shot at that uh, because now we're 10 handles away. I can't really say that. I mean, I don't want to. It's not as bold as it was yesterday when I felt the pre-market high was the high for the day. And then if you were selling stocks, I still kind of feel that way. But, you know, we're only 10 handles away, and I still think some people are like a little, uh, a little, you know, like, did I miss the dip yesterday? Should I buy the dip before earnings season? Um, on a qu- If you look at things on a quarterly basis, yeah, you still got to be bullish. If you look at things on a, a weekly and a daily basis here on a Thursday before you get Thursday's price action, I'd have to say a little bit. A little bit on the negative side, but uh, we got a lot of time left in the trading session. Mitch, what else do you have for us? All right, let's go to now the streaming services. Um, so everyone's trying to yep. wonder what's going on with Netflix today. Um, it could be what's going out of Warner Brothers. It's having uh, kind of conversations on this. Of course, the takeaways from Max event. So they just had an event, HBO Max. Warner Brothers and Discovery is combining HBO Max and Discovery Plus content to form a new streaming service. Hmm, I wonder who was saying that two or three months ago. Hmm. Uh, It was clearly obvious, team. You could see Discovery's content slowly leaking onto HBO Max, and that's why I pointed it out. Um, It was kind of an obvious thing. Now, pricing will remain the same for current HBO Max plans. And uh, what was noted was... Uh, There's an analyst note. It was by Laura Martin, um, and she's noting that Netflix has a single streaming service aimed for everyone, while Walt Disney has three services. And then now Discovery Max teaming up and going into one service should give them the lift. But also you're seeing Netflix get a lift off of this right now. Um, We're trying to determine if there's anything else out on Netflix. I know we saw a rating out, but... It's a big pop today on Netflix, about six bucks. And I'm going to keep, of course, WBD on watch because it did do a little pop in the pre-market of 14.60. I don't know if that was an off print. Maybe uh, Dennis can check to see if that really sold up there. Uh, But it's back down the 14.20s. Hmm. Lots of thoughts here. I'd say Netflix, I'd be concerned about yesterday's high. And I think we kind of, in the pre-market, bring it back to Netflix here, Joel. I think WBD in my mind. I think, yeah, bring it back up. And look, where did we get here in the pre-market? We're struggling at 340. Yesterday's high was 342. I think there's major wall of resistance there. So that's a concern. WBD broke down yesterday. I know they had some commentary. Um, Any comeback here I think should be sold. I think the story is starting to break here once again. Not a fan of WBD. It's been a good run, but this is a company that has really disappointed for a long time. We've had a good run from the beginning of the year from eight bucks up to 14. I feel like it's just back and filling on the, sh- filling on the short side here. I yeah. think, it, I think, uh, I, I don't like WBD here. Yeah. Uh, boom, 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 boom. Uh, WBD. I, I mean, they didn't like the news and you could see in that big red candle. Uh, if you're taking a poke here on the long side, you may have to ride it out to the triple bottom at the third or no, it's only a double bottom at 1340. That's the next support area. If the bulls want to defend this stock, then they're going to, you know, we'll, we'll layer it up, man. We'll go 14 bid uh, big time and we'll take it back up. Uh, what I was going to ask you about the Netflix is, uh, I, you know, it had, you probably haven't seen it up there in a while, Dennis, but is there like an iceberg there at, uh, at 340? Is there like 100 shares just taking everything in? Because I'm it, it looks like it can't get through there for now. You know, who knows when the liquidity comes in here, but I just, I wonder if it's that hundred shares and you're going into it with a thousand, it says done. And then you go in with another thousand and it goes done. And just what it looks like, it's I, still early. It's been I think it's a good lesson. We haven't talked about iceberg orders for a while. It's something that I do look for in my tape reading, especially off of earnings. You see this all the time on earnings prints. If you're trading earnings stocks, will you get to a point and be a hundred shares offered or a hundred shares bid and all an iceberg is it's like you know think about you know this is the tip of the iceberg so they show 100 shares 
on the bid or the offer, but that might be like 10,000 shares or 20,000 shares, but they're only showing one. So you hit it for a thousand, it just doesn't move. It doesn't move. It doesn't move. It's a lot bigger than they're showing. Um, institutions use this to get into positions. They don't want to influence the stock by showing a 10,000 share bid because that's going to be like, oh, we got a big buyer. So they just show 100 shares, but they're really buying 10,000. Um, you see these all the time. I saw it this morning, even on Fastenal, multiple times when the stock was coming in, 100 shares on the offer, 100 shares coming down. They lift it, you know, 1,000, no, nothing, not moving. So there was a bigger seller there, which was letting me know that somebody wanted out. So, I mean, this is, you know, just classic tape reading, but iceberg orders are still prevalent in the market all over the place, and they're important to note. All right, let's go to the hog. The hog has some news today. Harley Davidson disclosed a CFO transition. It's actually interesting. The CFO, Gina Gottler, is stepping down from her role at the end of April, but she's going really quickly to Hasbro. So uh, that's uh, they're oh. naming her as the CFO. So she said, you know what? I'll leave hog and go to Hasbro. Not too bad. So if you're wondering why those stocks are moving, looks like a CFO transition. Hog felt like it got done overdone last night. It was getting under $35. Is a Dude, big this low. thing hopped up on earnings, and I was like, what is this thing doing up there? Holy mackerel, yeah. Did what you go a, short? What an opportunity. No, man, but I mean, not, who, who Next was time that? you say, what is this thing doing up there? Take the position. <laughs> you know it. You know it. You know it, Dennis. I, I, this happens often, though. I, I saw also, what was it, Winnebago doing this? Yeah, see, I come on, who's who's going out and buying all these Winnebagos right I now? Want well, I've to. said that, but I've said that in the overall market and been wrong. I mean, when we're connecting <laughs> fundamentals yeah, to true. this market, it hasn't connected very well. So, I mean, this is you know, this is one of those markets where you're sitting there with the fundamental cases and you're like, who's going out there and buying all this stuff? You know, when interest rates are going higher, well, you know what, the consumer's still doing it because the banks are still <laughs> lending, they're just extending out the amortization. So Applying logic to this market hasn't worked very well for me. So now I'm just re tape reading and going with the flow. And, you know, what I read on Marks, too, is like, seems to be underneath demand here. So I'm, you know, a buyer of dips. But this morning here, we're we're trying to hold up. We're trying to get Yeah, we are. There, it is. It is. It's like, uh, you know, the bulls aren't afraid and the bears aren't afraid. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens when the liquidity comes in. Pretty, you know, back up in the 4130 handle. Uh, once again, Dennis, your 7.59 and 48 second call there on uh, on uh, you know the stocks and the disconnect between the S and P and uh, the stocks. Uh, quite an excellent call. But uh, Mitch, you wanna you wanna do our trade zero segment? Let's get into it. Trade zero time. Stocks to watch. All right, team, we're going to get into it right now. Now, one thing that I definitely want to kind of point out and just having a little issues here with my trade zero here. Just give me one second. Uh, While you're doing that, I just want to say that, uh, you know, that intro that you did uh, yeah. was kind of like my headphones. You know, everyone noticed I got some new headphones here. I haven't disconnected. Well, uh, they were like doing all these different colors, you know, like red, blue, gray, all these different colors. And I'm like, Man, I got to get rid of that. It's giving me a headache. I wonder what it's doing for the viewers. And I actually figured it out. I watched a YouTube video, and, and that's what your intro remind me of. But uh, you got it pulled up there, Mitch? Yeah, just my internet issues here, but I, I got it up right now. There okay. we go. Now you'll see it on the screen there. Boom. Let's get into the Whoa. action. Um, let's take a look here at the up gap first, right? We'll take a look at some of these. Of course, what do you see here? An AI stock again, uh, GFAI, man. I've been talking about this one AI during this stocks. segment, and now it's up to $34. This thing was just down to like $4 or $5 just recently. Holy man. These so things. this has been an absolute monster run here. Um, we were watching this yesterday during live trading, and it was just kind of gapping, 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 halting. But what a move on these AI stocks. This stuff tells you, too, that retail is kind of back a little bit here, Joel. They're getting their feet wet again. They're hungry. I mean, we know these stocks get on social media and they start going. And you always see these moves, but we're starting to see them more prevalent here. It means markets becoming a little bit more confident, which, again, gives me more wanting to buy the dip mentality here. Not on GFAI, but just saying overall. Mm -hmm. As you see, you know, these stocks and it goes parabolic and we're talking about a stock that's up, you know, 
700% in two weeks. I mean, it's storied stocks, what's hot. This stuff all got absolutely annihilated in 2021 and, you know, 2022 as well. So we had, we've had a year, 18 months of just kicking the crap out of all these storied stocks. Feels like the stories or stocks are starting to come back again. You know, there's always a hot story as AI, but I feel like some of these other stories, you know, stocks are coming back. And it makes me think that, you know, maybe it has turned and maybe we have missed the turn. And maybe you just got to look at buying the dips here. Uh, 38.78 is your pre-market high. I'm not going to do much on this one. Uh, the monthlies, next monthly high is 78.40. Uh, what I would do with this one is just, you know, just jot down that, that high at 9.29 and 39, you know, in 59 seconds. And then if it keeps going from there and you're opening print, I will say they are throwing some volume around in this thing. The 1.25 million had uh, traded. So if you don't think there's some uh, you know, big boys playing in this one. Uh, you're mistaken there. So good luck on that one. That will not even be on my screen. All right. Well, I will just say for you guys that like those types of stocks, they are targeting pretty much anything that has AI in the symbol. It, so it if is. It, if it just has this, like anything, it doesn't even matter what Simplistic. the first two letters are. Yeah. If it says AI in there, they're targeting them. Are we saying well, that all those movement. are going to run? No, but... Just there was another one moving yesterday. I actually just traded out of it. Um, so I can freely talk about it. I don't know. This BFRG was moving yesterday. I know Jeremy Newsom was talking about it too. Bullfrog AI. And mm -hmm. it blasted off like 50% yesterday. And we know this chart formation. You get the blast. You get to come down. Stops going down. Starts to consolidate. And then it often has another move to the upside. Yeah. So the time to strike on that would have been yesterday. Um, you know, when it had consolidate and you could lean on the four and now it starts to go because you don't know when you know now the risk is too high because it just rallied up 50 percent. but a lot of times they get follow through too so i mean here you are here's another one bfrg i mean there's going to be a bunch of these ai plays what about palantir is palantir an ai play pltr because mm. it hasn't done anything play. i i don't think it's an AI do we even know what palantir has we ever, have we ever figured out what palantir actually is data bro come on man <laughs> Do we, it's do just numbers. It's just numbers, Dennis. It's just numbers, man. Uh, I, 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 this is more government contract kind of stock, Dennis. So uh, I don't think you're going to see too they much AI. They had the CEO on this. CNBC this morning. He was talking AI. That's why. I, I mean, like, they can probably use some AI, but they're not yeah. AI focused. So I, I would. I, I just would... wonder if it isn't a sneaky P, like it's one that people aren't thinking about. And if eventually the AI story starts to get hot enough, the Palantir starts to go too. I kind of oh. like. I don't have a position on it. I, I, I day trade it. I don't have nothing on right now. If you want something that's sleepy, this is as sleepy as it gets. It's that's been, what I'm it, saying. It was here in May last year. So here's uh, we'll, what we'll I see. buy though. I love buying sleepy. You know, I always yeah. learn the hard way, and I tell that story. You know about the trader at Bright Trading. You know that started beside me. He was chasing everything and always getting run over. And I learned. I like to jump on the train before it leaves the station. I don't like to jump on moving trains. And you know, Palantir is definitely not left the station. It is <laughs> down here, hasn't done anything. You could stop yourself out at the 779 low, which I guess is 7 or 8% lower. So you got to risk a little bit here. But I just don't wonder if this AI story continues to get hot, the market holds up. Again, overall market matters too. If we turn around and just pull the rug out like we did on the CPI yesterday, mm -hmm. um, then it's a different story. So, I mean, everything gets beat up if this market, you know, rug pulls it again. But if you're in this bull camp, I think Palantir eventually could be one that goes if you're in the Vulcan. Merck showing up here. And of course, that's been going higher. I've been watching Upgraded. these drug manufacturers and it did get the upgrade, of course. Um, it got an upgrade from Citigroup, uh, upgrading Merck to a buy and raising the price target to 130. Man, I'm t these drug manufacturers, I, I was early and I missed the trade now. And that's, that's how it can be sometimes, but they're definitely moving. Yeah. Uh, full, I've been in this one for a long. I bought it bad. I bought it like when it did this bump up into the 80s and then it puked out. But uh, been holding, holding long and strong. That's a nice upgrade. 114.91. Uh, you did get higher in the pre-market. 115.86. Whoo. At 8.15, buying Merck up a couple bucks. I don't know about that. But keep an eye on that. The all-time high in Merck is in that area. If you're looking for another target, 114.59. And uh, that's right around the pre-market high. Good number there for MRK. 
interesting to see Blackstone up. I don't know if this is an upgrade or a downgrade, but definitely up a pretty decent amount here in the pre-market. Got any idea on Blackstone? Do they report tomorrow? They got upgraded. Upgrade? That's why yeah, it's up. They got upgraded. Right, there you go. Um, yeah, Oppenheimer. It's pulled back. Again, the financials have weighed, you know, and obviously we know the weight of the financials has weighed even on companies like Blackstone here. So this is the reason it's underperformed. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, because it invests, you know, in financial companies while Blackstone invests in lots of different things. Um, but it is a financial company. So, you know, dividend, I would say if I was confident in the whole financial the, the whole financial industry here right now, yeah. I would say Blackstone is a buy. I'm just not buying financial stocks right now. And even though Blackstone's not a bank, I'm just not buying financial stocks right now just because it's still the unknown there. If I was buying anything, I'd be tech. When did they have I'll that big backs. scare? They had that big scare about the rede redemptions. Remember You're that? Right. You're that right. was in March, and then it popped up here, trading up a buck eighty-eight. Uh, wow. Uh, keep an eye on 85. That's a good level for you folks out there. 85.07, yesterday's high. Going back uh, two, four, six days, seven days, 85.31. So a little bit of a sell zone. S&Ps keep going up, trying to make a new high, but pulling back a little bit. So uh, I'd say right now, bulls are in control here heading into that opening bell. All right, last one here. I just want to mention that you are seeing a lot of Chinese names. I don't know why they're so up. You, you're seeing some of these. Uh, I'm seeing Yin, C-Web showing up here, and then I'm looking down to see how to these names. Billy, Billy, Baba, ba, Baba up, even though you saw the negative news. It's interesting to see them. Are they trying to play a little catch-up? Are, are they going to have a lift today? That's something that I'm looking at. I think there's some underneath demand here. I mean, Alibaba just pulled back significantly from the highs. We had the run to 80, and then, you know, we got up to 105. So you think about the 50% retracement of that move. I mean, that's right around where you are. So you got a 15-point move. Uh, well, actually, it's a 25-point move, so 12. But when we got down to, like, you know, 91, 92 last night, I mean, that's a 50% retracement of the move. Um, you know, look at the other ones too. JD, I don't know what's going on with JD, but I tell you, man, this one is just ugly. So there's yeah. some that are uglier, but JD, the one thing to consider, and I believe it's downgraded here today. I don't know if that matters. Low of the move is 33.17. It has not caught a bit whatsoever. So you've got, you know, Pin Duo Duo. Well, that one's been ugly too. Some of these have been really ugly, actually, when I'm just looking at the charts here now. Billy Billy. Baidu's come back off the highs too. Baidu's got nice support at 130, and you know they'll say something about AI because they always love the buzzwords. Um, I kind of like the Baidu at 130. If I was going to pick on any of them, I think now Baidu at support at 130. We're five bucks away from there. It's interesting. All right. Like always, you guys can check out Trade Zero's extensive inventory of short locates and check out their flagship software here, Zero Pro. Let's wrap it up. Let's go to Joel's final outlook in the market. Mm, not as confident that the high of the day is in here uh, as I was yesterday because we certainly have backed off. Just feels like you got a bid here. You got some more work to do on oh, the upside. Do. Yep, 37.75 is your pre-market high. Things really open up, and uh, I'll just give you one target on the upside, um, and that would be the interday high from yesterday. And, folks, the difference between that, and I know I've said it several times, it's difference between the entire globex session and then what you get between uh 9:30 and 4:15 uh, little position squaring here ahead of the report on a pullback. It's going to be a little bit tougher. Figure you know maybe you can zero in on your uh your fifth, your shorter term charts, but my weekly swing number and this is why I'm being so wishy-washy is 4133.50. And we're just spending a lot of time dancing around from that around that. Triple D, what are you seeing in the stocks? Um, one thing that I'm concerned about, and this was a tell yesterday, is gold is up here again. Mm -hmm. Typically, Ooh. when we're breaking out and making new highs, gold is not the leader. Gold yeah. is usually defensive. And I'm somewhat concerned about today's rally for the simple reason that gold is now making a new high on the move. I don't know what it's trying to tell us. Maybe it just doesn't care. Sometimes it just disconnects and does its own thing. That is what gold can do. But lately, gold has been given, getting driven because of worries with the banks. That's what it was driving gold. There's no doubt if you look and you can see a connection there, the March low 
of gold being 168 was back on March the 8th. Bring up the KRE. When did it start to collapse? It's not a coincidence. March the 7th and 8th. So you had a flight out of the banks and into gold. That is why gold rallied. There's no other reason. People will say technicals. People will say it does its own thing. It rallied because people were nervous and they were taking their money out of the banks and buying gold. And that trade is still continuing. The gold trade still continues here. And the banks have not rallied much. I think as long as gold continues to rally, I think you got to avoid the banks. Okay. Great input there. Great flow today. Uh, we will be back with you guys later on. Everyone uh, be safe out there. All right. Have a good one, team. We're getting out of here. Dennis, you go do what you do best. Get to your trading action. We'll come on up with live trading coming up next. And like always, we got some virtual events like always going on. So you guys don't want to miss out on what's going on today. Today, we're getting into a little bit of some Mark Chaikin life. You guys saw him microdosing action last time he was on. Uh, we're definitely going to take a look into what's going on today with that action. You guys don't want to miss out. Of course, we got a, we got some psychedelics capital conference going on today. So if you want to learn how you could be investing in the expansion that's going on, of course, with psychedelic therapies, you guys take a look into our virtual event today. I'm putting up the link right now. And like always, you guys can join our book club if you guys are looking to up your game. I saw yesterday a tweet out for Dennis and Joel asking if this was a head and shoulders. And instead, it was a three mountain top. Where could you have learned that? Of course, in our Japanese candlestick trading techniques. Guys, come on over to the book club. We're definitely growing every single day and learning technicals right now with Japanese candlestick charting techniques. I want to see you guys over on Sunday as we keep getting deeper into some techniques. Hit the like. I'll bring you guys over to live trading. That's starting up right now.